Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. These words of the responsorial psalm are given to us by the church today to be our prayer. And is on the one hand a statement, yes, we long to see your face, Lord, but it's also a petition, for we know that our longing is not as intense as it should be. Uh, don't we all get, up, get caught up sometimes in the distractions of this world, those things which are in principle good, but we can allow them to have an inordinate or a disordinate, uh, disordered claim upon our inclinations. We sometimes pursue them as ends, and then, then we fall into a kind of uh, idolatry. Or we can allow the tribulations of this world to make, make us anxious. You know, a lot of people are anxious at this time. I sometimes myself get anxious and, uh, about different things. You know, something that makes me joyful is when I get a message, when I'm still delayed over something else, there at Crestwell saying there's a line of people for confession. Oh, well, that, that makes me joyful. If you want to know how to make this priest joyful, just get a long line going there. And um, so that's why I was late starting Mass, so apologies for that. But that gift of reconciliation is actually what we prayed for in the collect of today's Mass, But if you noticed, um, that through the intercession of the saints, we would obtain that reconciliation for which we all so much yearn. So our prayer today could also be not just that we do long to see your face, Lord, but Lord, deepen within us the longing to see your face. In the Roman martyrology, uh, we read about this feast. This famous feast was instituted to be held every year throughout the whole city of Rome in honor of God. And of all the holy martyrs, by Pope Boniface IV, after he had consecrated on the 13th of May 609 to Christian worship, the temple called the Pantheon, or the Temple of All the Gods. And the same festival was afterwards being kept in diverse ways in diverse churches, when Gregory IV, some 200 years later, decreed that it should be solemnly observed ever, forever throughout the universal church upon the first day of November in honor of all the saints. The dedication of a formerly pagan temple represented the victory of Christ over all the false gods and idols of Rome, whose images were replaced with those of Our Lady and the holy martyrs who had given their lives for Christ. And it was not long before the number of martyrs of the early Roman church became so great that it was not possible to assign an individual day uh, to their celebration. And hence this feast became the day on which the church honored all the, of her heroic sons and daughters, too numerous to mention by name, who had taken their places among the ranks of the church triumphant in heaven. When St. John in his book, in his vision in the book of Revelation that we read today, professes not to know who all those were who were wearing white robes or where they came from, he is told by one of the elders, these are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones who have remained faithful to Christ, not denying him by words or actions or omissions. They are the ones of whom St. John writes, as we heard today, everyone who has this hope of seeing God as he is, makes himself pure as God is pure. Or of whom Jesus says today in the Beatitudes that we've just heard proclaimed, 
Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene in his work Divine Intimacy writes of today's feast, Who are these glorious saints whom we celebrate today? People who have lived upon earth as we have, who have known our miseries, our difficulties, our struggles. Some of them we recognize easily, for the church has raised them to the honors of the altar. But the great majority are entirely unknown to us. They are humble people who lived obscurely in the accomplishment of duty, without display, without renown, with whom no one here below remembers, but whom the Heavenly Father looked upon, knew in secret, and having proved their fidelity, called to his glory. See, whatever the deeds they performed here on earth, you know, whether they were remarkable or humble, matters not in determining the positions of honor they occupy in heaven. Father Gabriel continues, eternal beatitude is not determined by the great things achieved here below. One thing only endures for the humble and the great, the poor and the wealthy. It is the degree of love that they have attained, to which corresponds the degree of glory, which is happy. You know, last Thursday, three humble, previously unknown souls died as martyrs as they prepared for daily mass in a church dedicated, like the Pantheon in Rome, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Basilica of Notre Dame de Nice in France. One was a 60-year-old woman, and she was virtually beheaded just close to the holy water font, presumably near the entrance to the church. Another, Vincent Locke, the 55-year-old sacristan and father of two, had his throat cut. Simone Barreto Silva, a 44-year-old mother of three, who was born in Salvador on Brazil's northeastern coast, but who had lived in France for 30 years. She was there also preparing for mass and fled to a nearby cafe, but died of multiple stab wounds shortly afterwards. And we know nothing about the lives of these people, whether or not they lived the Christian virtues to an heroic degree. But the fact that they were going to Mass on a weekday in a secularized country like France with all the um, restrictions that are in place at the present time surely indicates something of their faith and love. They were killed by a Muslim man or an, or an Islamist, if you prefer, who was not attacking so-called enlightenment values. Those enlightened value, enlightenment values um, are, are inimical to the Catholic Church, in fact. He killed in hatred of the faith, the Catholic faith, in odium fide. And the Church honors those proven to have been slain in odium fide as martyrs. These three, although they died, survived the time of great distress. Like the French priest, Father Jacques Hamel, who was murdered by two Muslim men on the 26th of July, 2016, while celebrating mass, <clears throat> again in France. These all wear robes made white in the blood of the lamb. And a very ordinary yet 
remarkable boy was beatified three weeks ago in Assisi. His name is Blessed Carlo Acutis, who died of leukemia at the age of 15 in, 20, in 2006. And his family was not especially religious. But it was a Polish childminder who answered the many questions he had about the faith. He grew up to be, a very, to be very devoted to the Holy Eucharist, attending Mass and receiving Holy Communion every day. His mother, in fact, attributes her conversion back to a more vivid living of the Catholic faith to her son, Carlo. He loved computers, and he used his skills to develop a Eucharistic Miracles of the World exhibition that has toured the globe. I think it was in Eugene uh, a year or so ago. He was a joyful kid with many friends, and he offered his sufferings for the Pope, the Church, and the souls in purgatory. Father Jacques Hamel, those who died on Thursday in Nice, and Blessed Carlo, show us that holiness is everyone's reach. It all depends on how true it is that you and I are the people that longs to see Christ's face. Señor, esta es la gente que anhela ver tu rostro. Estas palabras del Salmo responsorial nos las da la Iglesia hoy para que sea nuestra oración. Es por un lado una afirmación. Sí, anhelamos ver tu rostro, Señor. También es una súplica, porque sabemos que nuestro anhelo no es tan intenso como debería ser. Nos vemos atrapados en las distracciones de este mundo, que en principio son buenas, pero que podemos permitir que tengan un reclamo desordenado sobre nuestras inclinaciones. Podemos incluso perseguirlos como fines, cayendo en una especie de idolatría. Podemos permitir que las tribulaciones de este mundo nos pongan ansiosos. Entonces nuestra oración también podría ser profundiza en nosotros, Señor, el deseo de, el, el de ver tu rostro. Cuando San Juan, en su visión en el libro del Apocalipsis, profesa no saber quiénes eran todos aquellos que estaban vestidos con túnicas blancas o de dónde venían, uno de los ancianos les di, le dice, estos son los que han sobrevivido el tiempo de gran angustia, han lavado sus ropas y las han blanqueado en la sangre del Cordero. Estos son los que han, se han mantenido fieles a Cristo, sin negarlo con sus palabras o acciones o omisiones. De ellos escribe San Juan, Todo el que tenga puesta en Dios esta esperanza, de ver a Dios tal como es, se purifica a sí mismo para ser tan puro como Dios. O de quien Jesús dice, dichosos los limpios, los limpios de corazón, porque verán a Dios. El padre, el padre Gabriel de Santa María Magdalena en su obra Intimidad Divina escribe, ¿Quiénes son estos santos gloriosos a quienes celebramos hoy? Personas que han vivido un, en la tierra como nosotros, que han conocido nuestras miserias, nuestras dificultades, nuestras luchas. A algunos los reconocemos fácilmente porque la Iglesia los ha elevado a los honores del altar. Pero la gran mayoría nos, nos son completamente desconocidos. 
Son personas, personas humildes que vivieron oscuramente en el cumplimiento del deber, sin ostentación, sin renombre, a quienes nadie aquí abajo recuerda, pero a quienes el Padre Celestial miró, conoció en secreto y, habiendo probado su fidelidad, llamó a su gloria. Si las obras que realizaron aquí en la tierra fueron asuntos notables o humildes, no determina las posiciones de honor que ocupan en el cielo. La bienaventuranza eterna no está determinada por las grandes cosas logradas aquí abajo. Una cosa solo perdura para los humildes y los grandes, los pobres y los ricos. El grado de amor que habían alcanzado, al que corresponde el grado de gloria que ahora los hace eternamente felices. Los santos que celebramos hoy nos muestran que la santidad está al alcance de todos. Todo depende de cuán cierto sea que tú y yo somos la gente que anhela ver el rostro de Cristo.